0: My name is Owen Flynn and welcome to episode 50 of the Trail Running Ireland podcast sponsored by Jason Kyo Therapy Sports and Injury Clinic. I've
1: got something on my
0: mind. I For our special guest slot this week, it's a real pleasure to invite back to the show somebody who has worked extremely hard to become the very best he can be someone who has made the sacrifices has shown courage and bravery to compete with the very best in the world and zach Hanna has rightly been rewarded results wise with a really fantastic fifth place at last week's european off-road championships uphill only race zach you're very welcome to the show and zach i appreciate you coming on because i know you're just back from that wonderful result in La Palma, came home through Madrid, got delayed on on flights coming back, and and you've got a busy race and couple of weekends ahead of you, Zach. So thanks so for coming on with us today. No, thanks Owen for having
1: me. I'm delighted to be on here, and uh, yeah, very very tired. The uh, being delayed in Madrid, well, we were in Madrid for got to twelve hours, and arriving home at four thirty a.m. was just not on the on the cards. So yeah, extremely tired, but. That's all part and parcel of travel. So you just have to sort of go with the flow. All and, you can do, yeah.
0: And I suppose, especially, you know, in mountain running championships where you're often going to faraway places it, as well, it can take a long time to get there. But I'm sure you must have been sitting in Madrid just reflecting, Zach, on what was the, the best Irish result in a mountain running championship in, in just over 30 years, since John Lennon was the, the world champion. No one, I don't think, has had such a good result in the world of the Europeans. Fifth place in a very competitive field against the best Spaniards, British, Italians, etc., etc. Um, it's some result.
1: Yeah, no. To be honest with you, whenever I last running European Championships, I finished 19th, which is 2019. So I like, got long that, when you think about it, that's quite a long time ago. So... To be sitting here now fifth although the results haven't done his joint fourth but i was able to say fifth because your, the spanish runner was uh, he wasn't in front of me there's no denying that but to be saying i'm um, one of the top five uphill mountain runners in europe is pretty surreal um given you're racing against countries who have mountains that exceed anything that there is on the island of ireland it's quite remarkable at the same time but it's a result that i knew that if i got myself into the shape early on in the season and put the head down and done the work i knew i could go out and do something but yes as, as you need the legs to work you need the head to work there's a lot of things need to fall in the place to be able to do something like that so thankfully friday was a yeah a very good day for irish Roll, in my opinion and, yeah, and myself personally
0: And if we put into context, Zach, I mean, we mentioned the Italians, the Spaniards, the Great Britain team, the the Italians, which are the kings of mountain running. And they have been for as long as we can remember, 20, 30 years. And the Italians are always the men to beat. They're always in the top three. How many times have we heard the Italian national anthem being being, uh, played at these championships? And you beat every single Italian bar one who was the champion on the day, who just had an incredible race, and he was second again on Sunday. And even Team Great Britain and Northern Ireland, who have such competitive fields, teams over the last couple of years, you beat all of the Team GB guys as well. Um, So even the pulling context from that point of view, to beat the the entire Italian squad by bar one shows the level that you've got
1: there. Yeah, look, that was... uh, Looking back on that, that I'm very, very happy with that. yeah, the Italians just for mountain running is just—they are the kings. There's no denying that. Like, like what they've achieved over the last twenty, thirty years is phenomenal. Like they're always in the medals, both teams and individually. So I knew Cesare was the man to watch going into this race. I've raced him many as a time before, and given the talent and a caliber of athlete he is, both on the road and on the mountains it was always going to be one to watch and given that the rest of the team alex baldacini hans parkman andrea roston three very talented runners baldacini himself has been he's been on several podiums and both for both the team and individually in the past for european World championships so it sort of gives me a lot of confidence knowing that i can beat them and they're the best runners in italy if i can beat them you know, you're in a very good place because you know you can sort of take on anyone, and on the right day, you can probably beat
0: everyone, yeah. And I suppose the thing is like you've worked hard at it, haven't you? I mean, you mentioned 2019 and 19th, but I'll even go back one more cycle to the European Championship uphill in 2017. And um, when you were a young mountain runner, 53rd, then you went to 19th, and then you went to fifth, so. There's continued progression there over a five-year period. And just maybe talk to us about those five years, Zach, because it's an incredible incredible jump from 53rd up to 5th. But it shows that it can be done with the dedication and the commitment that you've given. And, you know, I know it's only maybe a short interview that we're doing today, 25, 30 minutes or so. But even could you tell us a little bit about that five-year journey to get from 53rd to one of the very, very best in Europe? Because there may be a lot of athletes out there that have a bit of talent that could qualify for a team that could come in the 60s or 50s, but then not everybody can make it up to 5th. So what what is it that makes you special and to have that ability to go from 53rd to to 5th? I imagine it's incredible drive and determination.
1: Well i wouldn't say it, it makes me there's nothing special about what i'm doing training wise um i would say the, the biggest thing i've done is just being consistent if you probably look at my training diary or anything over the last five years is that i hardly ever miss a day of rolling like apart from maybe i take a week off you know normally at the end of november end of december just for a week and It's just being consistent, doing the right things. Like you do your easy running, like plenty of easy running. You do your two, well, I would normally do two hard sessions a week, usually a bit threshold work. You do your long run. It's just been able to put in a very good base over the winter months. Whenever there's not much racing going on, you can go out and you can bang out mileage. Like over the winter, I was knocking out between 80 and 90 miles a week. And that went on for a very very long time and then as you get closer to the racing season you sort of start to drop that off a wee bit trying
0: to freshen up and And is that 80 or 90 miles a week zach on the flat or including lots of hill work
1: it's a mixture um i probably don't do as much mountain run in my training as a lot of people would think i would say if i'm getting away with maybe i would say four or five thousand meters of vertical a week on top of the mileage um that's about it but i don't do like i don't go out and do like long hill reps like very specific hill work a lot of my work's based on strength endurance work like tempo work threshold and they was saying go out if you're doing like for toxic a staple session of mine would probably be there's a lake near me and it's a 4k lap so you'd be doing maybe 4k threshold on a lap of that and you'd be doing your hill work in the middle and at the end of that, so okay it's everything it's like a it's a lot of ingredients need to come need to be put together to create the overall pick, create the overall it's like, I don't know how you would describe it it's like building a house like the bigger your foundation, the stronger the base and, yeah. no longer and the longer it last
0: and what I've observed, Zach as well, is that you're not afraid to go and mix it up with the best guys in Europe. I mean you make the effort to go racing. All around Europe, that you don't just stick with the local Irish races, which you could easily do, and you could probably win nearly every IMRA race on the calendar most weeks, you know, all due respect, to all the other guys, but you probably could, but you don't. You choose, you gamble, you take the risks, you make the financial effort, you make the physical effort to travel. And compete against these best guys. And I'm sure you must you must have got great confidence because the results have been good on the international racing circuit. So when you get to these championships, you know you can do it. And not everybody makes that commitment.
1: Well, like, yeah, I would agree there. I think the first time I actually ran a proper European race was maybe 2018. I made an effort to take part in some of the World Cup races. And I remember it was uh, the maxi race, and honestly, there in France. And that was my first like, introduction to a, cha- a race outside of European and World Championships. It was a new world to me. I can remember traveling out. I hadn't a clue what to do, you know, in terms of getting accommodation, getting an uh, elite athlete, entry, which was very difficult because I had no real pedigree before as a runner. So I was sort of going in and trying to get something that I probably wasn't, I hadn't earned. But once I got into that bubble of the World Cup, the Italian racing, the French racing, the Swiss racing, got to sit the bug, bit me. And that was me. I just said, this is what I want to be at. Because when you see the places you've been to in the past and the places that you can go to in the future, it just gives you that real drive to go out and do the work. And you say, you make the effort to go out and race in Europe. Because yes, the racing in Ireland is absolutely fantastic. I've done three races at home this year. That are local to me but ultimately to be if you want to be the best and you want to get better as a runner overall you need to be racing people who are better than you because ultimately they're the people that's gonna really they're gonna give you like you're going to some some races that you are gonna get why well, it's you're gonna get abused by how well they're gonna beat you but that's how you come back from that and learn from it and come back to your next race and go again but ultimately it's Trying to be the best athlete I can be is what I I strive for, and hopefully that continues.
0: Um, And it sounds like you got the build-up, Zach, for the Europeans this year. Absolutely spot on. The magnificent fifth um, position that you had. Talk to us about the race, Zach. Um, Again, it sounds like you you just had the perfect morning, nearly, apart from maybe getting a medal, which I'm sure you would have wanted. But apart from just missing out on that, it was nearly a perfectly executed race. You were always in the top 10 and you were super steady throughout, just really strong. Um, how did you feel that the race went for you?
1: Well, thank God. You need to sort of look at the race overall. You need to sort of look at how the build-up in the few days into the race was. like. We travelled out to the island on Tuesday and we stayed in an apartment there's maybe one maybe five or six of us had stayed out in an apartment right on the course so that gave us all a chance to get a look at the course the first section anyway and just settle in recover from the travel just you know try to take your mind off the race a bit because everyone was uh, in the same boat as they all had the race so no one was going out and doing silly runs or doing anything silly to jeopardize their their racing so it just meant that you're I was super chilled going into the race uh, because I had a lot. Some of the Irish team were out with me, so you're able to talk about other things other than all So then that meant that you weren't putting all your energy into thinking about the race until it actually came to the time. So mm-hmm. like on the morning of the race, I would say it was probably the when well, I was the most nervous. Um, drove to the race start, and once I got into the the team tent. I would say that's when the nerves really kicked in because I knew in my head that I was in the shape to do to do something, to go and get a result. But that means nothing if the legs don't actually work on the day. So I just had to make sure that I had to do, control what I could control, go out and put myself out there and give a good account of myself. And I think I did that because the start was quite fast and it was very close together until, Cesare made his move to go on to win at about, I'd say, 3K in. And after that, it was a case of, right, who's going to take the podium and who's going to take 5th, 6th, 7th. And there's a lot of athletes who could have easily beat me, but I just wanted to make sure that I was the one beating them. And I just had to really, really play my cards right and not make any silly moves. Like, don't try and go away. From the the group, whenever it's really fast or if it gets super steep, because then that ultimately is going to waste energy later on in the race. But I think whenever I realized there, I came to a section of the race after about seven k, it got really steep, and there was a group of ten had was with was with me, and the the group just split the pieces, which left me and the uh, Spanish runner to like battle it out for fourth, potentially the podium. But with 500 meters to go i could see third place just ahead of me but the trail was that narrow I like it was it was impossible to get past and yeah at the same time i'm sort of gutted that i didn't get the podium but you never learned you know, sort of that's maybe a risk i could have taken earlier on the race but you'll never know but have to settle for fifth but it's something you just have to go on and amend next time and hopefully bring back a medal for ireland
0: yeah oh it, it was a wonderful moment like i was up at the finish line as you know i was standing beside sarah roll the uh, the great um team gb and uh, mentor runner who works for european athletics now and it was a really strange one because sarah was there in her european athletics federation capacity and i could see that as team gb athletes were coming up through the course in, in the junior race she was doing her best not to shout and encourage them because she was there officially with European Athletics. So she had to be impartial. I, I was kind of there, you know, in official capacity while well. I was doing the finish line interviews. So I shouldn't have really been saying anything. But when I saw you come, I was like, go on, Zach, go on, you go on, you can go by him. Last 50 meters, last 60 meters. And it was brilliant to see you there right up. In the top five in Europe, and Zach, just out of interest, like, what did you make of that finish line? Because it was a really strange one, wasn't it? And normally, the, the finish area of a big championship race like that, there's a lot of space, there's there's tents with food and and drink, and you know, lots of room for spectators. But this one in La Palma. It was like right on the edge of of the top of the mountain, if you like, and there was very little room. I spoke about it with Rennie earlier on in our previous segment, and um, it was really hard to get any supplies up there. And um, so, from the athlete's point of view, uh, how did you guys find it? Yeah, it was very.
1: It was very strange. It did come on to us very quick because you're on that you, you, the sign for five hundred meters to go. I wasn't sure whether that meant five hundred meters elevation or five hundred meters in distance. And then you're we're going along the trail and you, just, you can hear people shouting. I could hear you, and then you look up and you see flags. I and mean, <laughs> for all I knew, that could have been one k to go or something, or you know, something silly. And then when you get round that corner, it's like, whoa! There's the finish line. It was probably a strange finish line, as you say, for a championship, but it was a, it was something different. Like it is nice to have something different in a race because it just as I said, something you remember then, if it's different, like that will be a finish you nearly will remember because it was so close to the edge of like a ridge and then yeah. you had a 30-40 minute walk back to the, the bus where there was food down there but I probably could have done with food at that at the finish because on the way down I started to get the hunger knock I was getting peckish and I probably should have carried a bit more food in my drop bag but yeah, it's something different as you say and yeah, it's, it's maybe not yeah. the same atmosphere is what the long distance and the up and down runners got
0: yeah and i suppose you have to remember as well that you know the town where the championships were six months ago they were fighting a volcano um and you know people you know will have seen the photographs of that volcano and like three thousand houses were buried underneath the lava and that so how they even put on that championship in the weekend, just gone, Zach. It was incredible, wasn't it? And as you saw, they were all so friendly. And um, maybe there was one or two small mistakes here or there, but in general, it was a fabulous, fabulous championships.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, you. Whenever you were there, you wouldn't have actually known what had gone on there six months ago. Yeah. Funny when we first seen the volcano, and you can actually see the trail of ash still going across the island from where the lava had run. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty surreal and then when you see the atmosphere and the crowds that come out the roster races you just sort of think they've done they've done themselves proud like they've absolutely outstanding and the atmosphere just in and around the start line and at the hotel and everything like they couldn't have done enough for you like they've yeah. done everything they could to make the athletes feel welcome and it's just yeah definitely a very very good championship and hats off to that palm before pulling it off
0: yeah. In terms of the future, Zach, where do you go from here? You have that fantastic fifth place and people can hear the, the ambition and the confidence that's there now as well. And I was listening to your um, your conversation with the guys on their Runner being and um, podcast earlier today. And you said to them how you want to be Ireland's first world champion since 1991 which which is fantastic to hear i was running along on my easy run today and you made me uh, just run that bit faster <laughs> listening to you it was really inspiring stuff do, do you feel Zach, that you have the support needed to be able to yep. do that or are you kind of just you know running your own ship do, do you think you'll get the backing to do that like other federations do, like the French, like the Italians. And just to give people an example of what we're talking about, I was reading an article just before we came on air, Zach, about the French team who were second in the medals table this weekend, five gold medals. And since 2000, their mountain running squads have been going on week-long camps just before the championship, the whole squad together together. With professional and um, physiotherapists and um, nutritionists if needed, where they all spend one week together living like pro athletes. And if you listen back to any of the interviews that I got to do with the medal winners and the champions over the weekend, the French, but in particular, they mentioned how the great team spirit, the great squad spirit. They're all in the same WhatsApp group, sending each other messages. They're all running for each other and they have the Federation's support there. They're, they're going around town in the nicest-looking gear. They all have matching tracksuits and shorts and T-shirts. And I'm sure financially they're all supported as well. Do, do, you, do you feel that you have enough sack, or, or do you need more?
1: No, oh, look, I think at the, at the end of the day, it's it's your legs to do the talking. Um, I do think that EMRA, as an organisation themselves, I know, like honestly, you have to, you have to take a look at the size of Ireland. It's not a big island. So you need to like put into consideration that emra is a volunteer organization and you look at the management who came out this weekend you got miriam you've got robbie you've got leo they're all volunteers they're doing that in an unpaid capacity but the work they've done this weekend to ensure that we had what we needed going into the race was fantastic like in terms of robbie had the hire car there that meant that we were able to go did not have to wait in the bus if we wanted to go to el paso before the race before the bus left and get there early or just maybe arrive a wee bit later, we can do that. You know, it's just those small things all make the difference. But as you say, like the French and like that week-long camp, I've seen that. I can't actually mind where they were, but stuff like that, yes, that would be an absolute dream to have for Ireland. But given that Athletics Ireland as an organisation do not look near mountain running at all, given the success that they have had in the past and they can have in the future, it's nothing short of a disgrace in my opinion that there's nothing even like they do really wouldn't even acknowledge like results of how runners have done like from when sarah mccormick won the world cup in 2019 like that should have been all over the national news or whatever like there should have been a far more bigger deal made out of that but there was nothing unless you were in that mountain running circle you weren't going to know about it um mm. i just yeah. think that there's a lot more can be done uh I know Emra are doing what they can to the best of their ability. Obviously, you want to see more investment within the sport that would allow, you know, for training camps, uh, individual athlete support for the like especially for the juniors, and then like for like as a team, you look at the Italians, the British, they all have doctors, the physios, the sports massage therapists, of everything that you need really when you're traveling to ensure that. There's no stone left unturned. But unfortunately, Emmerich just don't have the the financial ability to do that, given that they get no support for international teams off Athletics Ireland. The likes yeah. of that would go a long way. And I would honestly think it's a sort of thing you need to speculate to accumulate. You need to put the investment in. And then over the long term, it will start to pay off. You'll start to see more athletes wanting to stick with them, might Run for a lot longer and not move on to the track or the road, where maybe maybe that bit more support. And yeah. then you look at the juniors and all coming through. They need to see something that they can aspire to. Like, if you don't have that, they're just going to just gonna lose them. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just hope uh, the likes of, you know, they go out this weekend, they're seeing the beautiful places they can go to. If the investment did ever come in Athletics Ireland, did start to, and Sport Ireland, for example, did start to fund the sport a lot better, mm, you, would see, yeah. you would see more results coming through.
0: And I hope you don't mind me Sharing with the listeners, Zach, um, what you told me over one of the days that you spent about 200 euros of your own money getting Irish gear. And listen, I know Leo and the team, the Emer team, they do their very best to get gear every, every year. And it's a fight for them to do so. And everybody gets something. But the fact that you had to spend 200 euros of your own money, to feel well kitted out. So you could rock up to the opening ceremony, rock up to the start line. Feeling just as good as the as the Italians and the French and the Spanish. You all have the shiniest gear and they've got gear for everything going. Well, that says something as well. I tell you, And it shows your, your commitment to the cause as well, that you're putting your own money, investing into your own racing and training and so on. Um, and I'm just looking here as well, Zach, at the, at the carding system. And maybe the listeners can help us out with this. If anybody does know more about it. And um, as far as we can see, we were just talking before we came on that the carding system, it's only for Olympic sports. And of course, mountain running isn't an Olympic sport yet. But if mountain running was considered an Olympic sport, there's carding funding available. I have the page open here, Zach, in front of me. You will be considered world class with a top six European championships performance. One. An international class with a top six European indoor championships or a top six European cross-country or a top six European race-walking cup. So surely a top five in a European Athletics Federation mountain running championship would warrant something. And again, if anybody's listening that could point us, point you in the right direction, Um, it'd be very much appreciated, I think.
1: No, on that subject, about the kit, yeah. Uh, two hundred euros spent to ensure that I had t-shirts, jackets, of actually, and a, a, a bag to travel with that said knew I was part of the Irish team. Um, just spur racing kit and spur shorts for running in. Uh, all those bits and pieces, just because sometimes, as if you know yourself, when in the past, you literally athletics aren't give you the bare minimum of a tracksuit and sometimes you don't even get a t-shirt and especially when you're in la palma where it's 20 or 30 degrees and there you're given a, a jacket a, a, a hoodie which is fleece lined and a full full pair of tracksuit bottoms like that's you can't really wear that you need proper like shorts t-shirt where it's going to be you can feel more relaxed as an athlete yourself and mm. just look the part because like there's no to me there's no nicer looking kit than the irish kit whenever everyone's dressed in it all together in the exact same kit when you look at GB, Italy, and all, like GB have the, they all get matching suitcases, rucksacks, as do Italy and France. But there's just no, there's not a lot And it's sort of that thing, if, if everyone looks good, everyone performs well, you know, yeah. it's that feel good factor. And yeah. the fact that I had to spend 200 euro of new money just to make myself feel that bit better when I'm going to represent Ireland is nothing, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shambles given the kit was actually the Irish Masters Association kit. So it wasn't <laughs> official Athletics Ireland elite kit. Yeah. So, um, that yeah. says a lot. That says a lot. But yeah, that's interesting you say about the carding system. But I think uh, for anyone to get through to Athletics Ireland to recognise Mount running they would need uh they would need a very, very good uh, way of talking to people to get that to change. Uh yeah,
0: if well, it's not the magic,
1: I hope, but I just somehow can't see that happening.
0: Ho- hopefully there's a guardian angel listening in, Zach, and uh, you never know. Um, Zach, tell us about the future, the next couple of weeks. And, and I might just ask you, Zach, as well. I noticed that you're, you're very loyal to the mountain running, to the World Cup. You know, you haven't gone to the likes of the UTMB circuits, the Golden Trail Series circuits, where a lot, of the, a lot of the French and Spanish and Italian pro runners go to. You're sticking with the World Cup trophy this season anyway.
1: Well, for this season, yes, um, the World Cup uphill races are my, my main goal. I have Grossglockner Glockner this Sunday coming. The week after, I have Monte de and Eagle, which is 20k uphill in the French Alps. And at the end of October, I have the End Gier- not, not October, at the end of uh, July, the Giro to Mount Uphill. So that's three World Cup races in four weeks. And then have some, I'm going to do some local races here at home uh, just over August just to keep me ticking over. But they're small races, nothing nothing big. They're, I think they're 8, 8K and 5.5K. Mm. And then finish off the World Cup season in uh, September, October, then hopefully Thailand for the Worlds. But yeah. long term, uh, the Golden Trail is something maybe three or four years down the line when I think I've got the miles in my legs to go out and do that. Yes, I will maybe do a few more. But I think at the moment I'm best suited to the, the uphill onlys and maybe the classic up and down races. That's just where I feel most comfortable. Um, it's just been the longest race I've ever done is two hours. So that's probably my absolute limit at the minute. I'm not... Yeah. In terms of going any longer, like maybe any longer in the marathon distance doesn't appeal to me. I have no interest in probably ever moving across the ultra running. Uh I just yeah. there's no interest now in whatsoever. But I wouldn't mind trying like marathon, Dumont Blanc or something like Pike the Pike's Peak Ascent. Stuff like that maybe appeal to me. But at the moment I'm happy with what I'm doing and I think that's where my yeah. my abilities are best suited to.
0: Yeah, well, listen, Zach. We wish you well on your journey and on your journey towards hopefully a a world championship podium. And who knows what else, Zach? If anybody can do it, you can do it. And congratulations on that brilliant, brilliant fifth this weekend in the inaugural European Athletics Off Road Running Championships. Well done, mate. Thank you very much,
1: Owen. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, and we'll talk soon, mate. Good luck with the recovery. Lots of ice baths and sleep and good food. I presume this week.
1: Absolutely. Cannot wait till all the
0: sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care, Zach. All the best. Take care. Cheers, Bye bye. There we have it for this week guys, our 58th programme. A uh, Big thank you to René and Zach for joining us and well done to all of the Irish team and management who are out in El Paso giving it everything for Ireland over the weekend. Speaking to some of the athletes after the races, some were delighted. Some were disappointed, but I am sure that they are all better athletes because of the experience and will continue to be names to watch on the racing circuit at home and abroad. Thanks again to Jason Keogh for sponsoring the show this month and do give Jason a shout if you have any niggles or injury worries and especially if you're anywhere close to the M50 as Jason's clinic is located in Bellegarde. Very, very handy to get there. Enjoy your training over the next while, everybody. Thanks for listening in for the first 50 episodes with over 73,000 streams so far. Everybody, get your running gear on. Let's go.